Did you know there's deconstruction funding available now for homeowners and contractors in Hennepin County? If you are embarking on a remodel or teardown this year, consider hiring Better Futures Minnesota's deconstruction crews instead of demolition. By taking a house or building apart by hand instead of destroying it with heavy equipment, the materials can be reused or recycled instead of going into the landfill. It is much more cost-effective and is a carbon-neutral solution. Go to BetterFuturesMinnesota.com and look under Business Services to learn more. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. And we're back on AM 950 LE 2.0 radio. So, new listeners, uh, this is my uh, big interview time where I interview and speak with idealists, people who are doing the work to try and change the world. And we have a wonderful, wonderful interview with a gentleman by the name of Russ Ballinger, who is the founder and curator of the Circle of Peace movement in St. Paul. Russ, are you there on the line with us? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being on LE 2.0, Russ. Now, listen, um, uh, one of the things that I really wanted to get out there right away is can you explain what the Circle of Peace movement is? And I understand you've got a big, today, the day that we're doing this interview, you have a big, um, you have a big event happening with your organization. So tell us about what Circle of Peace is and what's going on today. Well, uh, the Circle of Peace movement uh, promotes racial healing, equity, and an end to violence through meaningful conversation. It crosses cultural barriers and and builds authentic and inclusive community. It's the sharing of stories in a safe, equitable, and respectful circle. It fosters relationship broadens understanding of injustice, oppression, and roots of violence, and promotes healing. Um, that's kind of, in a nutshell, what the Circle of Peace is. And um, um, today will be our 500th conversation with the group as it started and has evolved. Well, um, well that is just, I mean, that is a phenomenal milestone uh, Russ, and so congratulations on your 500th event today. Can you, you know, I, I'm going to guess that a lot of our uh, listeners are not familiar with what the circle process is. Um, and um, I know that you're a circle leader. Uh, I'm a circle leader. I mean, I don't have the same kind of experience that you do. But can you, why don't we start there with explaining what the process is? What is how a circle works, and then maybe get into the roots of how you came about to do this. Okay, uh, and having a meeting in circle is a little different than uh, those meetings where people kind of talk over each other, and uh, and those that have the loudest voice have the most to say, and those that are 
a little less comfortable about jumping in, seldom get heard. In the circle process, everyone sits in a circle um, and there's a talking piece and that talking piece will move from person to person around the circle and you have to have that talking piece to be to be able to speak. You can pass the talking piece and not speak, um, but you can't be in one place in the circle and say, oh, I forgot something, you have to give me back the talking piece. It goes around in this circle. There's a circle keeper, that person that makes sure that the guidelines that have been set up uh, are followed. And there might be guidelines such as um, uh, everyone in circle is equal, uh, speak from the heart. Um, our circle um, it works in a little different way than most circles because we do this circle in a couple of hours in an evening and we might have 25 to 35 people in there and we've had more. So we give everyone the opportunity uh, two minutes to speak per um, per round. And right now we're doing it in Zoom. So there is no talking piece ex except that I call on a person and say, it's your turn to speak. And, um, and everybody still seems to be very excited about being in, in the Zoom room. Okay. And, 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 and one of, and you've made it clear that one of the, this is about respect and allowing people to have, uh, you know, the ability to speak. So there is no, in the circle process, there is no speaking over anyone. And if you want to, no. and if you want to respond to something that someone has said, you've got to wait until you get the talk. You call it the talking piece. I call it the talking stick. I actually use a brooch as my talking stick, but okay. you have to wait till you get the talking piece, right? In, in, Absolutely. If, if you're going to respond to someone. And, and that's the whole that's that's why the circle keeper is important for that circle keeper to be there. One of the other things that we use is we ask that you use I statements and not you statements. Uh, um, where uh, some people may take their whole two, two minutes praising somebody else. But what we wanted to know in this circle is what is your part in it? Our circle started uh, because of gang violence. My uh, oldest grandson had been shot twice in gang violence. I'm so sorry. I had no idea yep. that um, he, and he's doing very well now. Um, but it started with um, my three oldest grandsons were um, uh, one of them had been locked up in the juvenile system for a few days. And by the time he came out, he was a member of a gang. Uh, he had been horsing around at the playground and it was, um, it was one of those incidents that turned out to be, it, it was, um, it was as simple as, um, putting a bicycle lock around the kid's waist and it was reported to the police that he had locked up a child and he had, he was 14 years old. He wasn't a hundred pounds and he was now being charged with kidnapping and terror, terroristic threat. Oh my goodness. And I believe it was mainly because he was a black and native child. Um, he was a uh, uh, president of the native American club. He never missed a day of school and he was a playground kid, but now he was, had become a member of a gang uh, through his, introduction to the criminal justice system 
and his brothers were joined in, and pretty soon our family was um, was terrified with what would happen next. So it was in um, January or February of 2010. I looked around to others and I said, "We have to have a conversation with the families of these other uh, members of gang." I asked people to come for four Mondays in a row to try to get this sorted out. I was told that it would take years for me to get that, uh, get a group together like that. It took me exactly one week. And what was supposed to be four weeks, four Mondays in a row has turned out to be 500. So, Um, So let me just stop you. So you wanted to get the parents of gang members together in a room to talk about how to get their kids, I I assume, out of gangs, and how to, and how to lessen generally violence um, in the community. Do I have that right? Absolutely, and it wasn't just the parents; it was aunties, it was yep. uh, cousins. Uh, I found family members uh, from six different gangs in the in the community. Um, I've grown up in this community, so when a name was mentioned, mentioned. Um, I went out and found that family. I knocked on doors. <laughs> I made telephone calls. Um, I was determined that my it was the only thing I could do to keep my grandchildren from being killed. Okay, well, Russ, um, you just warmed my heart with all of that. We're going to have to take a break, okay? But when we come back, I want to talk more about the Circle of Peace movement that you founded, Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. All right. So, listeners, we've been speaking with Russ Ballinger, who is the founder and curator of the Circle of Peace Movement in St. Paul. Um, if you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Email me at elliejkrug at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll talk more with Russ, Russ about this fascinating and crit- critically important movement that he started. Thanks. Hi. Alex of Better Futures Minnesota. Does your business or organization need janitorial services, lawn care, or snow services? Obtain a free, no-obligation estimate from Better Futures Minnesota when you mention that you heard about us on AM950. Our supervised, hardworking, and affordable crews will handle your interior and exterior building and property maintenance needs while you help men in your community transform their lives and walk on a positive path to success. It's a win-win. To learn more, go to betterfuturesminnesota.com under business services. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming, diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. We're back on AM 950, LE 2.0 Radio. Um, We're interviewing, I'm interviewing, Russ Ballinger, who is the founder and curator of the Circle of Peace Movement based out of St. Paul. They are tonight going to do their 500th Circle meeting. 
uh, to talk about um, human, being humans, about trying to make the world a better place, how to lessen violence in, in uh, the community. Russ, um, when we took our break, uh, you started to talk about um, you had gr- three grandsons who were, you know, in um, who had gotten caught up in gang, um, the gang uh, lifestyle, if, for lack of a better phrase, in St. Paul, and you were d- bound and determined to not let that go on with him, with your son, with your grandsons, and so you got the parents and others, aunties and others of gang members together in in a in a room and tell tell me what did you talk about for those first you know four meetings that you had which where it was that was where it was only supposed to last and then it's continued on now for 500 what how did it start and what has it evolved into well i, I first i want to say that um, i'm co-founder of the circle of peace movement with my wife sarah ah okay because uh, we felt that that with each of these meetings that we would have a meal and we would sit and start out with that meal, and we hoped that it would settle people into um, a warm place. But our first meeting, um, the people came into the room. They were pointing at each other. They were saying, uh, your kid beat up my kid. Your kid shot up my house. Your kid beat up my daughter. Um, and so we, we slowed it down and created the guidelines that we still use. And um, by the second meeting, the families were saying, well, maybe I could be a better aunt. Maybe I could be a better grandfather. Maybe I could be a better mother. Uh, maybe our kids are causing problems for the police. Uh, maybe we, we need to stand up to them a little more. And it was, um, um, uh, and, and we had decided that maybe if we went to each other's homes, the kids would be less likely to shoot up the other's house if they thought their parents might be in there. Um, by the third meeting, people were hugging each other goodbye. <laughs> and by the fourth meeting, they were saying, we have to keep meeting. We need to keep doing this. Yeah, from the first meeting on, there was this, I suggested, we bring the police in. We need to have them as a part of this conversation. For 25 meetings, they said, we don't want the police. They've They've uh, done things to my family. They've run through my house. They step all over our shoes. They, um, right. they right. were afraid of them. They, they would cry when they would tell their stories. But the end of 25 weeks, they, they finally gave in and said, okay, Russ, let the police come. At first, that next week, the chief of police, the deputy chief of police, the uh, homicide uh, commander, the uh, youth uh, commander, the gang commander all came to that circle. This is from St. Paul, the St. Paul Police Department. From the St. Paul yep. Police. Okay, they all go had ahead. On their dress blues, and the first thing we did was read them our guidelines for that conversation, and and they abided by them. When they heard the stories, the stories from the people, they began to do some work and see about how they could turn around what had happened in their lives and some of them had records who shouldn't have and they were able to fix a lot of that it gave the people in that circle a lot of confidence they began to have real conversations with their significant others about their children Uh, we asked that the children in our um, community corrections lockup be allowed to come to that circle every monday and uh, the director of uh, the juvenile corrections saw that those kids got to our circle every Monday. 
Wow. Wow. As kids have, uh, they've grown up and we've, we've been around now for 10 years and we've seen some of these kids go from thinking that their life was all about being locked up and headed to prison to going, some of them are going to college. We have one kid that is headed to Loyola, uh, this fall to become a doctor. Oh my God, Uh, Russ. My grandkids, uh, I sent them with their uncle and their father in um, in Florida. They are they are, have become rappers, which I was a little skeptical <laughs> of. But they are opening at arenas for different acts. They have a, a, a urban clothing store called Dirty Laundry, uh, and they're doing quite well. It's a shame they had to leave Minnesota right. in order uh, to do that. Right. Um, we found that if you put these kids um, in a circle and gave them the opportunity and taught them how to find their voice, how to, um, how to, how to, how to use their communication more effectively. And, um, it takes practice. Um, we, we developed a program with the St. Paul police to where for the last four years, we have gone to Washington, DC to see the African-American Museum of History and Culture. We were there on opening day, sitting up front, hmm. uh, 10 people from the community and 10 people from the police department. One of those kids was a kid that had, had sat in the circle at the very beginning, and he had been there with um, Deputy Chief uh, Paul Iovino back then, and now they were on this trip together. They didn't even recognize that they had had bad words at that first circle and now had become very good friends. So let me and just that goes on today. Okay, so let me just stop you, Russ. What what I'm hearing from you is that what you have found is that people getting past their stereotypes of each other, getting past these impressions that often are totally incorrect about each other and finally becoming familiar with each other, that it builds a process of trust. It helps to break down barriers. Um, It's the power of human familiarity. This is something I talk about greatly in my work. And then we we know that if you know, if you know someone, you don't have to be afraid of them. (laughs) Right. And that's, and that's what we would, you don't have to love someone for their views and ideals, but you don't have to hate them either. Right. Right. And, and if you can get past the hatred, you can get past the fear, just about anything is possible, right? That's right. So, and that's, go ahead. Yep. And that well, and that's, that's if, if, um, if we had the resources, I would love to see, um, have a circle with people that, who have come to our circle from for um, for five years. The Young African Leaders Initiative at the University of Minnesota, a part of their stay here in 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 America, would be to come to circle and uh, in the summer. And we still have connection with them. We would like to continue that circle since we're virtual now to um, to in include people from different places and let's have conversations about the problems we're having in the world. Um, 
Well, we, yeah. I, I, I mean, I would love for you to have it for greater Minnesota so that yes. we could get people from greater Minnesota involved um, so that, you know, of course, there are all these impressions about people in the city. And, of course, a lot of that is around skin color and uh, socioeconomic standing. Um, and we called it the Circle of Peace Movement, not because I wanted to have all the circles, but we wanted it. We want this to grow. We want this to move. We want there to be other circles. There are four circles in different countries in Africa that have started. And I got back from Ghana last year where we did some circles there. So, Russ, um, if people want to read about uh, the Circle of Peace movement um, that you have started, you and your wife, let's make sure, that was really great to make sure that she gets credit. And I apologize for not including her. Um, where, where can they go? How can they read up about this? Well, we have a website, and it's called um, TCOPM, which is the Circle of Peace Movement, but we're just using the letters TCOPM.org. And I'd suggest that you start out looking at our 300th celebration, uh, and um, and that'll give you an idea of what one of these circles look like. Yep. I, I would like to also... Um, um, ask that if you feel uh, moved to, that we have a donate button there and any resources that we we get to we use to help these families and other people who need it. Okay. Now, and that's great. And, and so, uh, listeners, if you want, go to tcopm.org and um, check it out. There's a great video on that website where you can see Russ in action and other people, how the circle process works. And um, certainly, please consider donating. Now, Russ, I've got two minutes left, and so I need to ask you this. What made you an idealist? How did you get to the uh, point where you wanted to change the world? Well, I'm, Ellie, I, I was raised in a home that was a little different um, here in, in Minnesota at a time when people stayed pretty segregated. In, in our home, there were always people of different uh, races and cultures and backgrounds and uh, lifestyles and so and my mother really did not allow you to um, to look down at anyone for for any reason. Um, she brought people home just to have dinner with us. Sometimes gave us an opportunity to practice our manners, <laughs> uh, but it was it, she always she it was one of her things is. If you didn't get something done that you uh, that you wanted to, it was because you didn't want to bad enough. <laughs> so there's no 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 give or no quit in me um, when I get started at something. Okay, well, <laughs> and and of course to do this work, to be idealistic, to try and change the world, you know, there are so many pushbacks, there are so many hurdles, right? It is, it is, you know. In, in a war of attrition in many ways. And, and we just have to continue to push, 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 right? Absolutely. And no, no matter what you choose to do, there's always going to be uh, someone who's going to say you can't and wants to poke holes in those dreams. You just have to be resilient enough to know that you can get it done. Yep. And that's what, that's what idealists do. I mean, we are, we just, we don't give up. I mean, no, (laughs) (laughs) never, right? (laughs) We never give up. (laughs) Well, Russ, I am, um, I am so honored to have met you and, 
Um, My pleasure. And I'm just so um, thankful for the work that you are doing in St. Paul with the Circle of Peace movement you and your wife are doing. And I just want you to know, okay, if there's anything I can do to ever help, please let me know, okay? Oh, this has been a great deal, and and meeting you has really been a blessing. Oh, well, thank you, my friend, okay? All right, so you you go and keep it up, all right? Let's get to 600 (laughs) meetings, okay? Okay, we're going to work on it. All right, thanks. Okay, well, listeners, we've been speaking with Russ Ballinger from the Circle of Peace Movement in St. Paul. Please check them out at tcopm.org. And if you like what you hear here on the show, please follow me on Twitter. The handle is at Ellie Krug. I do a lot of tweeting about organizations like this and about good in the world. When we come back from the break, I'll do my C block where I'll talk a little bit about my work. Thanks so very much. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. If you're looking to save money on your home or building improvement project, check out Better Futures Minnesota's reuse retail warehouse in South Minneapolis. We carry salvage building materials such as cabinetry, flooring, plumbing fixtures, appliances, lighting, and more. Saving you money and saving the planet by keeping these items out of the landfill, by giving them another life. Selections change daily, and we also take donations. Go to betterfuturesminnesota.com and look under Reuse Warehouse to learn more. Let us know AM950 sent you. 